podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. To the LFC Day Trippers. This is Viewers Voice. I am Gav, and with me this week I have got Dan, who's been on before, Ron, who's a regular, and Owen making his debut. Um, loads to talk about in the next hour or so. If you're in the chat, um, try your questions, your comments, whatever you like in there. Tonight we're going to talk about Naby Keita. We're going to talk about the injury list at Liverpool and are we overly worried or just let it play out? And we're also going to talk about a way to Manchester United. As you know, you Troy splashed 200 million quid on um, two players um, and loads of other players will be linked in the next week or so, I presume. Um, Ron, how are you, my man? Good. Glad to be here, Gav. How was your weekend? How was your week? Everything good? So far, so good. Uh, Hopefully, I don't miss my tea time on Sunday, but we'll uh, we'll see about that one. Okay. Playing golf again. You have a great life, haven't you? Huh? You have a great life. I mean, I, get my, I have my weekends back now, so yeah. <laughs> okay, good stuff, good stuff. Dan, how are you? Happy birthday. <laughs> Cheers, Gab. That's uh, that's for my four-year-old daughter, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Good stuff. Busy and work? Still in um, the um, uh, mid-season F1 shutdown, so that don't finish till the end of this week, and then I'll be back to work next week. Good stuff. So... Yeah, about two weeks off, near enough. Of course, great. you you run one of the Formula One teams, don't you? You, I'm, run I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm in charge of well, I'm with one of the inspection teams for Red Bull. So yeah, we yeah. we inspect all the uh, car parts. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. And Red Bull doing very well as well. So you're taking full credit, I presume, because why wouldn't you? Uh, no, no, no. It's a team game, Gavin. Okay, yeah, okay. That. Well, I know Chris, I know Kev is a massive F1 fan and if he was in Red Bull, he'd be telling you that he's basically winning the championship at the moment, um, even if he was just inspecting car parts. Owen, first time on the show. How are you, my man? Good. Um, happy to, delighted to be here. So, um, raring to go all day, so... Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was yeah. Uh, looking forward to it all day when I found out I, I was going to be on. So uh, yeah, have you have you, have you plenty to say on Naby Keita injury lists at Manchester United? Well, I usually talk Liverpool non-stop all day, so yeah, you might yeah. have to stop me uh, halfway through uh, a rant or. No, no, like when, when we get when we get to eleven o'clock, I'll stop every one of you, and then I'm going to bed. So <laughs> it's fairly. It might be your fault. It all depends who's talking at eleven o'clock. That person will get it in the neck at eleven o'clock. But um, look, as I said, we are going to um, we are going to talk about a couple of things this evening. Um, last night, myself, Johnny, and Keith on a show, um, the midweek fix, and there was. I only noticed last night when I was editing it that there was like a 21, 22 minute conversation about Naby Keita. And Shawnee kind of had fairly strong views that if we get a bid for Naby Keita, we should sell him. 
And Keith was of the opinion under no circumstances to offer Abby Keita a new deal. Now, I think they're both valid arguments, but it kind of dragged me back to Jurgen Klopp saying, you know, if we want a player, we go and get a player, but it has to be the right player. Um, not offering Naby Kate a new deal or selling him doesn't make the right player reappear magically. That's what I kind of thought. Now, that's not saying the lads are wrong, because they're not, because Shawnee and Keita usually bang on on what they say in fairness to them. But I wanted to kind of push it on. I want to see what you you guys think <coughs> and maybe what would happen um, with Naby Kate over the next couple of weeks. Of course, reports in, in Germany suggest he's not happy at Liverpool um, and he, you know, he, he, he may look for a move away. Um, reports in England say that he's, no, everything's fine. Liverpool have had meetings with his representatives and something may happen in the near future. Let's let's see what happens. But, Ron, I'll come to you first. Naby Kate. You know, I, I see him, I see Jordan Henderson is one that like splits a fan base massively. But I think Naby Cade is probably second in line to that. A lot of people would think he's a fantastic player. Um, hasn't been given enough opportunity at Liverpool, being unfortunate. And others have said, no, he's 50 plus million pounds. He hasn't turned up. He hasn't been fit enough. He hasn't been available enough and he hasn't done enough on the pitch. And he really splits opinion. I want to see what your opinion is on him and the other lads, but I'll start with you. And what do you see in the future for Liverpool with Naby Keita? Uh, my general opinion on, on Naby is uh, <clears throat> I'm aligned with something you actually mentioned in that in that conversation yesterday, which is I think um, for whatever reason, well, for a bunch of reasons, I think both parties kind of didn't get what they thought they would get. Uh, we didn't get the middle. He didn't start to be in the field that the fan base thought he was going to be. Um, and he isn't as reliable as as Liverpool might have thought he was going to end up being. And on his end, I'm not sure what he expected in terms of game time, in terms of reliance, in terms of, you know, what have you. But if he is unhappy, um, that might be the reason behind it. Um, as far as the, being, him being divisive, I guess I guess I have a, I guess I have a, I take a step back and try to think about it more more realistically that you know when he has played um, his, he hasn't really taken it, he hasn't really taken a game by the scruff of his neck too often but on the flip side he is being asked to do something outside of, different than what he what he probably would have thought he'd been doing so you know in five years time should that have been fixed yeah. But it wasn't. So at this at this stage, you know, I'm not going to be one of those fans that would be rather upset if we did sell him. Actually, I prefer we did because he's the more movable asset. But in terms of harboring any field will towards him, no. I mean, these things happen in football. They happen in all sports, really. You know, you you try something with the best of intentions and it doesn't work. So you cut your losses and you move on. There's no sense in crying about it. There's no sense in throwing your toys out the pram and having a strop, just, you know, it is what it is. You've got what you've got. Make make the best of it moving forward. Yeah, listen, all very valid points. And I, th- I think it's a really difficult one. Dan, when you look at it, right, I don't think there's an argument this summer over what we should have done in midfield. I think it's, it's very, very straightforward that Liverpool should have signed another midfielder. I, I think that I think it's I it's just the way people approach it for me, you know, it's either you can sit and go, I think you should have signed someone and maybe done this or you can, you know, start 
smacking things off walls and going absolutely fucking crazy because the signing hasn't happened. I don't think there's an argument there. I think Liverpool should have signed another midfielder to add to the quality that they have. But, but can you see Naby Keita leaving the club this summer? Um or not being offered a deal and letting it basically run down for free when when you know you when behind it all you know you need one and if he was to leave you probably need two. You're you're are you are you hamstringing yourself even more if Naby Keita was to leave the club in the next couple of weeks? Unless you have this perfect player lined up and you just have to get one out before you bring one in. <clears throat> well, I mean we we all know that the clubs sign players before um, at the drop of a hat when nobody's had any inkling. Fabinho is probably a case in point from, from a few years back. But I can't see how you allow Navigator to leave this summer with everybody knowing that we have issues in midfield because you are tying a hand behind your back. You're basically saying to everybody else in Europe, we definitely need another midfielder because we've already got X, Y and Z that are Carry Knox injured for X amount of weeks or whichever way it is and then you go and sell Naby Keita. everybody's just saying well if you want one of ours you're paying uh, an extra 10, 15, 20 million pounds on top it makes no sense whatsoever to get rid of him this summer you might as well keep him and let him run down the last year of his deal There's, uh, there was a report yesterday out or an article out from Neil Jones, obviously who works for well works closely with the club, and he's basically said the club are actively looking to tie him down to a new four-year deal. And within, I didn't read the whole article, but within parts of the article that I did read, he's basically said, uh, Klopp has said that when he is fit and firing, he is first choice in his midfield three. He's one of the he's one of the three in his midfield three. In his eyes, so take from that what you want. But obviously, Klopp still sees him as a massive asset in that team when he's fit and available. And to be fair to him, um, there is a perception that his his uh, his appearances are not great. And when I looked at it earlier on, briefly. Um, 2017-18 at Leipzig, he makes 39 appearances, 9 goals, 7 assists. Uh, the season before, 16-17 uh, at Leipzig, he 32 appearances, 8 goals, 8 assists. And then obviously it comes to us, 18-19, uh, 33 appearances, 3 goals, 1 assist. And then 2019-20, He's got 27 appearances, four goals, three assists. 2020-2021 is obviously the season of hell for, for us as a, as a club because of all the injuries we have. It's obviously compounded by Naby only having 16 appearances in that season as well. So I suppose maybe that's also adding to the recency bias from people. But last year, 40 appearances across all com comps, four goals, three assists. Now, the numbers for us aren't brilliant in terms of goals and assists because his numbers at Leipzig were far better. Um, I think it's 17 goals and 15 assists in two seasons. Yeah, but is that, is, that, is that down to the style of play Liverpool have? Because you don't look for them if yeah. to, to do an awful lot of that. And maybe that's where the, the frustration comes from fans where they go, we don't have enough goals in midfield. Yeah, 
Yeah, because you look at that, you look at that Hassan Tuchel uh, formation that he played at Leipzig. So it was a four, a flat back four with uh, two kind of screening, and he was part of that first two, then two in front of that, then two up top. So his role was basically to break the lines. He was asked to go and um, press, press high, get possession in the final third. They were a <coughs> attacking team as well. So he, he, he suited that formation and that team. And we bought into that at the time when we were playing, not that same formation, but we were kind of playing the same way. We were, we were a team that were very much a counter-pressing team that were high energy and turning over the ball high all the time. And then he comes into us a year later and we've, we've totally changed our style. So we're not getting that navigator anymore and he's not being asked to do that job. So I, I can see I can see why people would be frustrated. I'm frustrated looking at it, Gav, because you see him in games and you, you, you struggle to see what he's doing. His stats might stand up and he might have possession, turnovers, progressive passes, that kind of stuff might be all right to the eye, to the naked eye, but he's not doing anything in games, is he? He's not doing what we bought him to do. And the problem is our fans were looking at YouTube reels for 12 months before we signed him and seeing this midfielder that was all action, brilliant on the ball, could carry the ball for... 20, 30 yards, was comfortable in possession, was comfortable pressing, tackling, doing all that. Um, and he's, he's just not done it for us. I kind of excuse him a little bit on the goals and assists because Gina and Adam didn't put in an awful lot of goals and assists for Liverpool. I don't think Jordan Henderson does enough goals. And although Jordan Henderson I think has about 60 assists in, in his Liverpool career. Um, you know, but, you know, Thiago, you know, he's probably the ball before the assist, stuff like that. It's just the way our, our midfield, despite it being, I think, really, really good in, in technical terms, especially with Thiago, is still very functional, although it looks, you know, a lot more technical than it did probably 18 months yeah. ago. Um, people will say about his, his availability, and I think that's definitely something that you could look at Naby Cade and go, you know, he probably should be available more. And then I see the argument where people say, well, he's been available for such and such. And he's, you know, and I'm kind of going, well, if he's available for 100 and he's only playing starting 60, Klopp doesn't rate him that highly. Because why is he playing him in 60% of the games? Having said that, and I want to come to you because it just popped into my mind while I thought this. Does it make the most sense to actually renew Naby Keita's contract? Because we all know, the dog in the street knows, that James Milner won't be at Liverpool Football Club next season. Um, I'd be amazed if he is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain won't be at Liverpool Football Club next season and I'd be even more amazed if he is and then you probably start to look at Curtis Jones depending on the season he has you know now that's probably an outside bet on but it doesn't make more sense to renew this contract because you know even if you renew this you still probably have to do two um, just to replace the ones that won't be there at the start of next season yeah, I guess um, from that point of view, um, renewing his contract does make sense. But I guess the Klopp and the owners are looking at it from a um, perspective of if he does go, we need to bring in three and whether the funds are there to do that, um, like we, we don't know. But um, I guess we don't really have players 
in the squad at the moment that can support the the sell to buy model. <laughs> so I guess renewing his contract from that perspective does make sense. Although there is doubts, as everybody knows, about his availability, about his performances. So it's a tough one, really. What would you do? Um, I've been a Nabby supporter. Um, I've always kind of backed him. Um, more hope, I guess, than anything else, that he would come good, that we would get the player that we thought we were going to get. Um, I think, as Dan said, um, he isn't. He hasn't been asked to play the role he's played at. He played at Leipzig, and I think even towards last season, I think he was asked to kind of play a little bit of the genie role, and that kind of scuppered his attacking kind of prowess a little bit more. Um, he is very frustrating when he is on the pitch, um, even more frustrating when he's not available. And I think even he gets, he suffers from illness more than any other player in the squad as well. He always kind of, when he's not in a squad, he's down with his illness. So it's kind of, that's even more frustrating as well. Um, personally, I would, would definitely not sell him this summer anyway, um, because of the, Injury doubts we have. But you have, but you have, but you have a decision to make then on because if you don't, if you don't do something in this summer, i.e., um, sell him, use him as a make weight in like a Bellingham deal. That's what a lot of people have mentioned and stuff like that, which I don't think happens. I can't remember the last swap deal I've ever seen. Um, but if you don't do it, it starts getting into October, November, December. Then he can, then he can sign for anyone. Yeah, you know, kind of have to make a decision quick enough. I would. I would renew because I don't think we're going to buy three midfielders next summer. I don't think. Yeah. No. I don't think we, we're we're willing to do that. So, um, if he can build on last season and those forty plus performances, then I would definitely renew. Yeah. When you when when you look at it and you think to yourself, you know, Fabinho hasn't started the season well, but he'll come good. He's Fabinho. Um, Thiago reports that he's back running. Um, today I've seen that somewhere today um, could be true could be someone just messing I don't know but Thiago's back Henderson I thought Henderson was really good when he came on the other night against um, Palace um, you look at Harvey Elliott who's probably probably one of our better I th- probably think one of our best players on Monday night um, you look at Carvalho who I think will figure more in a forward line but Curtis Jones is still out I'm not even counting Oxlade-Chamberlain at this this time because I simply go back to last season when he was fit and we were rotating and he couldn't get a game. Um, and Milner will fill in where Milner needs to fill in. Um, y- you know, if you're looking at that midfield and you take out Milner and Ox next season and you say, right, we've renewed Keita. We have Fabinho, we have Keita, we have Henderson. We have Jones, we have Elliot. We have Thiago. And then we're going to add two because Milner and thing are gone. I think it improved the age profile of the, the, the midfield. I think it would improve the quality of the midfield um, and reliability. I think you could improve all three in one fold swoop with, with two good signings. So actually renewing them might make sense because, as you said, on signing three seems a bit of a stretch, you know, especially when you consider we probably should have done one this summer and we haven't. So it'll be in, it'll be interesting to see. But um, I'm going to ask you all around the table, go quick. Um, is Naby Keita here? Because I said Ox and Milner won't. Is Naby Keita at Liverpool at the start of next season, Dan? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Ron? No. No. Owen? 
Yes. Okay. I would probably go with yes, unless something mental happened in the next two weeks where something absolutely mad could, could, be, could be done. Um, I want to move on to um, the injuries because we have got quite a list of of injuries. Um you know, I think it's, I think I counted the other day. Is it's about eight players injured? Um, we haven't seen anything of Calvin Ramsey, have we not? So that's that's one that's kind of out there. I'll come to you first, Ron. Um, are you worried about this, or do we, is it just a case of because everyone's screaming for a midfielder, it's kind of compounded the actual injury injury list? And when you, when you, if if we had a midfielder in, we kind of going, yeah, there's a couple of people injured there, but. Nothing really to worry about. These will all come back. But is the whole midfield thing starting to kind of annoy people? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think I think it's uh, the injury issue is highlighted simply simply because it's kind of similar to um, that disastrous where we didn't have any center backs. We're getting a lot of injuries, but it seems to be concentrated in one particular area more than others. Um, I don't know that it's something to blow out of proportion um, because my, my the thing that and I'm you know you can accuse me of trying to take the see the best out of a bad situation, but I kind of look at it as if we're going to have this problem in a season, I'd rather have it now than in the second half of the season. So if we're going to get if we're going to get through our injury woes, get everybody back. Early, early, you know, this on this side of this side of the break, then I'm kind of not as anxious about it. Whereas, you know, if this breakdown is happening, you know, in, Feb- in January, February, or you know, somewhere around that time, then I'm a lot more concerned. When I look at it, I kind of look at Calvin Ramsey and I say to myself, not overly worried over that. I think he rises the club with a knock anyway, but I, I would have liked him probably to see him get. One or two games in preseason, just to bet him in, because I don't want him to really turn up where. Oh look, we need to play him because of an injury here. Like, like at the, at this moment, if Trent was out at the weekend, Joe Gomez has to play centre back. Do you move him to right back? Calvin Ramsey just by emergency had to be thrown in. You're going fucking hell. We're throwing him in on a big Premier League game where he hasn't had a minute for Liverpool. You look at the Thiago stuff as well documented. Um, the Oxing as well documented. Jota, um. There's a, it's a recurrence of an injury from last season that he picks up with Portugal. Um, and, you know, I still go back to it, Dan, that I, I actually believe if we had a midfielder signed, I don't think people would be worrying so much about the players that are out injured. Although they are quality players, like Kanate would probably start in their 11. Jota would make an argument for starting your 11. Um, Thiago most definitely makes an argument in your starting 11. But, the rest that are injured that I can think of are probably bench to squad players, fringe players. So you probably wouldn't be too worried. Do you feel it's a bit of a... It, it's it's just something to throw out there because of a frustration over a lack of one signing. I, I, think, it's, I think it's nearing that. Yeah, I mean, had we signed a midfielder and, or maybe two in the summer, and we've got the injuries that we've that we're carrying now. I think people would have just brushed it off, said it is what it is. I mean, a lot of it I think stems back to 
the end of last season. Um, players were playing uh, Euro Nations or whatever they they they're called. Oh, I don't take one any of those made up in. international tournaments. Yeah, yeah, I don't take any interest in them as as, as, as most people don't. But um, a lot of them players after a 55-60 game season were playing these meaningless qualifiers, friendlies, whatever they call themselves. And then we've gone into a shorter summer break. A lot of them haven't had that time to go away, recuperate, charge the batteries. And I think because of what Klopp said, um, I think it was post the Community Shield where he basically said he'd like to have extended or he'd look to extend pre-season for another two weeks. I think he's run them players hard in training. I think he's been doing double sessions, maybe even triple sessions. And I think that's just caught up with us, um, which is why we're we're carrying a few niggles that we maybe wouldn't normally be carrying this time this, this time of the year because pre-season normally he has them so fine in June and they're ready to go that we don't usually see that many injuries early doors. I think it is just it is just a case of that, that people are frustrated. They've not seen a midfielder come in. They haven't seen a forward come in or, or whichever that you know, floats their boat that day. And we've got a few we've got a few injuries, but a lot of them are just are just niggles. Jota was is probably maybe only a week or so away from coming back. I saw um training pictures of Matip today wearing trainers um, so he's obviously out running and he had a pair of boots in his hand so maybe he's done a bit of light contact work I don't know um, I didn't see him in any other training videos but uh, he's definitely been out running so he can't be that far away Gomez should be fine this week I'm sure Henderson will be fine um, Kelleher I don't really I don't even know if anybody really knows what the issue is with Kelleher but that can't be anything major um, and then the right back should be fine in a couple of weeks in a couple of weeks we're probably looking at maybe just Ox on that treatment list if we don't you know, get any more so it is an overreaction in my in my opinion Well Owen Neil makes a good point here he says um, Jota Keller and Ramsey had injuries away from us so not much to do with us whereas they've picked up injuries with nothing to do with Liverpool Football Club. You know, Jota gets in the international duty. Ramsey has an injury at Aberdeen. Keller, does he get an injury with, with Ireland? I'm not too sure. But he does actually, yeah. I think. You think he's in the Northern squad and he's due to start, isn't he? And then, um, yeah, doesn't. He does, yeah. yeah. Um, groin issue for Keller, says Laura Duffy. So, in fairness, you hear all this stuff like, have they been ran too hard? Um, muscle injuries here, muscle injuries there. You know, I'm not too sure. Like, Canati picks up a knock in that pre-season game, doesn't he, against Strasbourg. Um, you, you know, Thiago, it, yes, it's a muscle injury. It can happen to anyone, though. It does happen to Thiago a little bit. And, like, Owen, as as Dan says, like if you, if you look through them, you'll probably see Jota back in the next couple of weeks, um, next week or two. You'll probably see Callagher just sneak back under the radar and he's on the bench. Fine. Um, Ramsey will probably appear and probably play another 23 game or whatever to get him up to speed and you'll probably hear about that in the next couple of weeks. Um, Kanate is one where it's it's a bit, haven't really heard a lot. Matip, as Dan says, has been seen in training photos today. I did see that picture. He's in a pair of run trainers and he has his, his boots in his hands as he's walking behind Van Dijk in one of the pictures. Um, but on overall, like, 
you know, they are injuries, but, you know, two draws, no midfielder signed, the injuries is the next thing you can throw. Like, you know, and, and I think Ash, I think it was Ashley said earlier, you know, it just gives people that ability to say, I told you so. And I, I kind of do get that feeling. You know, like, if we'd have won our first two games, and even without midfielder, if we'd won our first two games, people would be going, yeah, we have injuries, but we have the squad there and everything's great. But when you don't win a game on, you know yourself, the, the world collapses in on you. Oh, yeah, it's easy to blame those reasons for not. And as the comment there said, it's uh, we told you so. But I guess there is there is an a injury doubt over all of our midfielders, bar maybe Milner as such. Um, I guess the frustrating thing is that Klopp obviously identified a midfielder as a priority with the, with the Chiuamani um, deal that he, that we tried to do. Mm. So the fact that we haven't gone back in to try sign a midfielder since is kind of maybe a little bit annoying for most fans um, when they know that it was a priority before the Nunes deal. Um, so obviously, look, we know Klopp wants to wait for the right player, uh, won't just sign a player for the sake of it, and that's obviously what he's doing again. And he's just going to go with what he has. I definitely don't see anybody coming in, even if we didn't have the injuries. Um, we know how stubborn Klopp can be when it comes to that kind of area, transfers. and. Um, but as I said, the, every single one of our midfielders have injury doubts, and it's not just a new thing this season. So there are worries there for the rest of the season. I know they might be some of the players might just have the small knocks, but... Um, as the season goes on, the, the, those kind of knocks could re, re, reoccur more um, more often. And as Dan mentioned um, earlier, I think the preseason does have a, a bit to do with that as well. Um, it was very condensed, and he probably tried to fit a whole preseason into that short window. So I definitely think that has an effect on what has happened. Could it be a case of like? Just, just touching on on the the two results so far, and how we've looked, could it be a case of we're probably a week ten days behind where we would usually be, and you'll probably see Liverpool click into a more of a gear over the next three, four, five games. Uh yeah, I definitely think we definitely will improve. Um, I guess look against Palace, we we were actually pretty good at times. Um, we had chances, we didn't take them. Um, usually we do get punished for that and we did and even with 10 men we were we we were pretty okay um, I think maybe we mightn't have seen Elliot this early which he did play very well against Palace which is a, a, a good positive so you know um, Klopp will probably have to trust Carvalho and Elliot more this season and he was probably going to manage their games maybe 30-35 appearances between them so that might have to increase so hopefully that kind of a positivity can come out of the injury problems that we have the emergence of Elliot and possibly Carvalho yeah yeah I mean I think Jav in, in that Palace game sorry to cut across there no, okay. um, the opening 25 minutes we we create nine chances and have seven attempts on on goal in that first 25 minutes so we, we weren't we weren't poor against Palace. We no, just, we're good. We, we just didn't do what was necessary. And that's yeah. not down to the players that we've got injured or a midfield that we haven't got. It's just that we haven't applied 
the necessary finishes to them chances. That's that's all it is. And I mean, the Fulham game was yeah, we were poor in the Fulham game. Yeah. We were granted. poor in the Fulham game, but I think if if we go another five minutes in the Fulham game and don't concede that penalty, I think Liverpool go on and win the game. Yeah, you know, I think if we take a yeah. chance. I think if we take one chance. Never mind nine chances and seven attempts on goal. I think if we take one chance in that first twenty twenty five against Palace. I think we go on and win the game. You know, it's just those small margins at the moment where we're not quite at our level at Fulham and we're just not at our best in front of goal against Palace. Those things yeah. those yeah. things can come. You, you, you think it's more of a, in terms of, you know, shaping perception, the manner of the performance for about, you know, 60, 70 minutes against Fulham was left such a bad taste that it's kind of warped perceptions a little bit in the sense that, you know, it's just not something we're used to seeing. It's not something we're used to, used to having to, to, to have in the back of our minds um, when we think about Liverpool. And I think, you know, that for all the, for all the, for all the people who like to, you know, blow their lid on, on, on the internet, like, I think that just, and for anybody watching Liverpool, that too, it just kind of gave the impetus, like, you know, we're, we're already starting things with, from a, from a, 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 a bad perspective in terms of a, of, of a framing point. And I think, I think that's just everything that's happened after that, hasn't done enough to really get that taste out of our mouths in terms of how we're looking at this. And it's just all kind of building on each other. And, you know, it's, it's why it's hard to like to get cooler hands to prevail in this scenario because it's just that, that, that how, how bad that was hasn't really fit fettered out yet. Yeah. Salah El Sharif says Liverpool have no creative midfielders, period. Um, you should okay. go and watch Thiago Alcantara <laughs> play football. Um, he's, he's, <laughs> well, He's creative, like, uh, and Harvey Elliott, I think, is going to become one of those as well. Um, oh, but overall, overall, look, I think the injuries, I think we'll probably get a better feel for it in the next two to three weeks where you, you will see players back, hopefully. And the ones that you don't see back, i.e. probably a Canate and a Thiago, we'll probably have some sort of time scale on them where you can kind of target games. As if say he'd play in this one or he'd play in that one. So hopefully we do see that in the next little while. Um away to Manchester United. Um big game. Early on in the season. Um toward toward game totally game of the season. United of course have um you know not started well. They were absolutely blown away by Brentford at the weekend. And you know something I'm going to say it now. I'm a bit wary of this one. I'm a little bit wary of this one. And the reason I'm a little bit wary of this one is because we go to United last season and, you know, it's it's one of those where they're not good. And we know they're not good. And we show them how they're not good. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. It's, 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 it's October, November when we go there. Um, and they're all over the place, you know, and we do a job on them. We're absolutely flying. We do a job on them. This one I'm a bit wary of simply because they've lost those two games early in the season. They have to make some sort of marker. Ten Hag has to do something. Players that came in there and want to impress have to impress. Players that are already there have to impress. Now, we could be completely off, off the wall here and, you know, we go and bash them. But, Owen, I'll start with you on this one. What do you? How do you feel going into this one? Because there's a lot going on. You know, it's a pantomime. You know, 
I just I can't stand fucking Gary Neville and the way he carries on about Manchester United. And we don't seem to talk about football in Manchester United anymore. We just talk about how old the seats are in the Stratford end. Um, we we speak about how they can get into the ground and give out. Um, how they turn into Norwich every four months with green and yellow. And no one seems to mention the players. But where are you with this one? Because we haven't started well, although we're a much better side than them. Do you still do you see this as a real opportunity for Liverpool to go? Yeah, we haven't started well, but let's put down a marker now. Enough's enough. Yeah, well, this is just a fixture that I just hate anyway. So I've always dreaded, even as bad as they've been in the last couple of seasons. I still have this from like been scarred previously. From <laughs> yeah, I was going to Old Trafford and you know dominating. Even the, their better teams over the years, and still coming away with nothing and last minute winners and all that kind of thing. So I just, I dread this fixture anyway, but going into Monday night, I think, look, it's a huge game for both teams. Um, especially, especially United, I think um, they really have something to prove now. Um, Ten Hag, if they can't get up for this game after their bottom of the table and if they can't get up for this game against their closest rivals, um, well then Ten Hag will, will know where he stands with half that squad. So they will have that in the back of their minds, the players. Um, they know they have to put in a performance. Um, they know the fans are unhappy with the performance on the pitch. They're unhappy with the owners, all that. Um, there's talks of massive protests and marches and you know talks of getting the game postponed again. Um, so it's, it's unclear how that, will, that could disrupt their preparation or whatever, how the reaction in the stands are. Um, but yeah, look, we, we, we know how big it is for us as well. Um, we're already chasing City and they're, they look, they're probably going to win their game at the weekend and we'll be even further behind going into the fixture. So, you know, it's a must win for us as well, looking at it from that perspective. Um, I do think we'll win. Um, as you said, we're a far better team and I think we'll prove that Monday night. But I think we will definitely see an improved performance from United. We have to. Um, I don't think, well, they could be that bad again and they've shown before that they can be that bad again. But as I said, the Ten Hag, is there, there's talks of him bringing in two, maybe another or three players um, before the window shuts. So a lot of those players have have a lot to prove to him as well. And Monday night is an ideal chance for them to show that they should be part of his squad, part of his plans. And if if they don't show up for that game, then he knows where he stands with all those players. And he knows who he can get rid of and leave out of the future squads. My, my worry with Ten Hag is, um, you know, he's being dealt a rigged deck for me. You know, or he brings in Lissandra Martinez, he brings in Christian Eriksen, and he brings in Malassi, the left back. All right. Talk is they're going, Casemiro's about to have a medical at Manchester United. Um, that could work out well for him. I think he's a good player, but it could also work out in a way that Varane has worked out, where Madrid have gone. We've got every engine, every million, every senior with this fella, and now we're going to sell him on for a big price because of what he's won with us. Um, it's there to be seen. Um, Regardless, he, he could sign six and he's still going to be left with six players coming in on no Manchester United and he's still going to have to f- play five of them pricks that played last season. That's the truth, right? 
Um, and all of them last season, all of them didn't do enough for him. Nobody on Manchester United done enough for him last. Done enough for Solskjaer or the other fella, um, the secretary fella they brought in. Um, um, Ranić, yeah. Um, you know, he, he probably still doesn't know, although he should, who who's up for it and who's not. But going to Old Trafford, Liverpool should be going there going, yeah, haven't played well in the first two games, taking two draws, um, but these are these are appalling. Because you don't do anything for Lissandro Martinez when you pair him with Harry Maguire, Matt, right? Um, you don't do anything for Malassia when you're letting Luke Shaw play ahead of him, right? Gary Neville told us last week that the substitute of um, Malassia coming on for... Um, Shaw and the other ones was to get height on the pitch. Malashi is three inches shorter than Luke Shaw. Right? Um, you, you know, you then have Christian Eriksen who he decides he's going to play in the midfield with, um, was it Fred and, um, Bruno Fernandes? Bruno Fernandes hasn't thrown up United for a year. Um, Rashford hasn't bothered playing for United. Um, Ronaldo's playing and he doesn't want to be there. So it's, it, there's so much going on at that club that Liverpool should be, if one thing Liverpool should be doing is going in and focusing them on themselves and saying, forget what's going on at Manchester United because it's going to be an absolute circus on Monday night. Before the game, um, and I mean hours before the game, the lead up, it's on Sky, so you're going to have Gary Neville and he's going to do another, get on a soapbox, he's going to take his labour toy off and he's going to put on his green and yellow toy and he's going to tell you all how important he is. Um, but Liverpool really need to focus on themselves and just think about the Palace performance and want to improve on it and if they do they'll win the game there's, there's no doubt in my mind they win the game but I said earlier I'd be wary because it'll only take them to get the first goal or you know us to get a silly booking and the crowd will get up for it and they'll, they'll try to hang on to anything they can you know the sort of way um, Dan we go in there on Monday night I think we have to win I do I I think it is up to stage. I think it was on to their City will probably win at the weekend. If we don't win, we could be, what, six, seven points behind them. You know, <clears throat> I know it's I know it's early days, but with the level that these two clubs are at over the last couple of years, Dan, a lot of them are must wins. They just are. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, Gav. I, 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 the, the season is, um, is, is so unique in so many ways because of the mid-season break, the World Cup, then you've got everybody maybe having, if they go far in the World Cup, a week or two weeks off and then coming back. And then you've probably got the, the conundrum of clubs saying, do we sell, do we send these players off for a couple of weeks holiday and do we just you know make do for a couple of weeks to try and just rest their legs? So even if you're giving City six, seven point head start, you you don't really want to be doing that in that in 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 a season like this because you come in, you you got the first sixteen odd games in the league, and you have got the World Cup, post World Cup. Then it's got to be a case of if you are playing catch up, it's got to be a near perfect second half of the season. And post World Cup, I don't really see how our squad can do that. Not not near perfect, especially when City when you put them up against us in terms of numbers and durability of players the, the, you know they, they trump us but this game on Monday 
for the best part of 20 odd years I've hated playing Man United home or away hated it and I'm the same as most people in the chat or most people on the panel can't stand United hate them and playing them every single season home or away whether we are dominant or not has always been a game of dread for me because um, they'll be up for it no doubt on Monday night they'll be up for it but they are an absolute mess um, I've watched bits of the, the Brighton game and I've watched bits of the Brentford game the weekend. They are absolute mess. They're, sham- they're shambles at the back. He's asking them to obviously to play out from the back and be progressive through the lines and they've not got players that are comfortable on the ball. Not doing that anyway. Well, they don't have, do you have a goalkeeper that doesn't like using his feet or coming exactly. off his line in any situation? Yeah. You know, it, it's and then you look at Harry Maguire can't play football in the back. I don't care anyone says. Lissandro Martinez, Martinez was probably brought in to be a football and centre half, which I think he is. You know, but then you look <clears> at the lot and you look at Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw is more about running. He's more about energy than playing football. He's more about up and down, up and down. And and then I I kind of understand trying to get Ericsson in there and Bruno Fernandez probably in there. You know, but you can't put the both of them in there with Fred. You just can't. You know, and it's not even on the ball and trying to progress the ball. It's when you lose the ball. Bruno Fernandes doesn't want to chase back, and Christian Eriksen isn't isn't a, isn't yes, a box to box midfielder anymore. You know, um, he, he's won that he won he's won that fine space, and he, he'll fill in space, but he's not going to chase up and down all day. And you know, uh, I just, I I just I just don't want us to focus on them too much. As a Liverpool squad, I want us to focus on us, and if we focus on us and block out all the shit that's going on, because there is shit that's going on. Um, we'll be absolutely fine. Ron, confident, not confident, looking forward to it? I am both confident and looking forward to it. Nice. Even though, <laughs> even though normally I don't, uh, in the past I always had trepidation about going to Old Trafford, but, um, you know, this particular set of circumstances, I just don't, I just don't see it. Um, you know, you're talking about a team in United who, are operating basically on about 90%, 90% aspiration, 10% hope. Um, if you notice, confidence wasn't anywhere in that equation. Uh, so in my opinion, uh, my view, you know, the first bit of adversity that they face in that game, they're going to fold. Um, they just don't have the stuff. They've shown they don't have the stomach for it. Yeah, they'll be up for the game. They'll, they'll come out of the blocks. But... And the, if there was ever a case for a team to be a headless chicken, it'll be these guys. So it'll be a lot of frantic stuff, a lot of hidden hope. It'll be a lot of trying, you know, a bit of individual brilliance. But I don't see, I don't see that as a way of them beating us. You know, they're literally only capable of taking what we give them. They they can't dictate anything in this game. So for me. I'm looking forward to it. It probably won't be another massacre at all tracker like it was last season, but um, I'll just be happy with the win. I'll be delighted with a win. Um, Tom Bowler wants to know, is Ron's confidence tenuous, I wonder? Um, of course, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Tenuous is the word I use for United right about now. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's probably one of the most favorite words now in the um, Telegram group, to be honest. Everything is tenuous. Um, <laughs> as a, a little nod to yourself, heavy now and then. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't I think that one was going to stick like that, but uh, here we go. Oh, it does. Once you say something like that, it sticks forever. Um, there's nothing <laughs> you can do about it. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Um, I think, well, before we, I, I'm going to get predictions and stuff in a minute from you, but anything else before we move away from United, Dan? Anything else? Um, well, I was listening to a podcast maybe last week or the week before, um, and it, it was not just purely on United. I think it was on most of the teams in the Premier League but uh, somebody was talking about United and Ten Hag and his he, he basically wanted to get a six into the club that was not a archetype six that would be a you know a destroyer kind of ball winning defensive midfield he wanted somebody in there that would be able to play with the ball at his feet um, and at the time I looked at that or listened to that and thought that's absolutely mental that if he does that because they are crying out for a, a, a destroyer, uh, you know, in type. And he's gone and got Ericsson and he's kind of playing him in that deep line role. And yes, he's a very good player, but I just don't, I just don't see how he fits that mould of coming to collect the ball off the goalkeeper. If that's the way they're going to persist and play, then it spells trouble to be fair and Ron was saying yeah, Ron's obviously very very confident um, the good thing about us is we are a well-oiled well-oiled machine we know what we're going to need to do one goal down one goal up we'll just carry on and do exactly what we need to do if they go one goal down like Ron says they will fall like a house of cards and it could, it, it could be four or five I'm wondering and Owen, I'll put this to you before we move on and get to the last few bits of the show but I'm wondering on how many of those players that are still playing at Manchester United that were there last season are probably looking going, you know what? You know, if I could get out of here, I would. And they're not really that arsed on. I'm being honest. Look, I look at some of them and, and I even go as far as Bruno Fernandes and I think to myself, he just does not l- look up for a fight here because that's what they're going to have to do on. They're going to have to fight like their life depends on it probably for the next six months to a year. Till the till he can get his way of playing into them and bring in more players, but some of them players probably looking going. Why should I fight? And why should I put this in? Because he's going to get rid of me as soon as he possibly can. Because that would be the safe thing to do. Because they were appalling last season. Yeah, and I think they have a huge issue as well with the contracts that they've given their players as well. Um, the likes of Sancho and on absolutely huge money. Um, I think even as you mentioned, Fernandez there. I think. Even last season, towards the end of last season, he was kind of in a dispute with the club over his contract and over how much money and the length and whatever. And as soon as he kind of down tools a little bit during that period, and then as soon as he signed it, he hasn't kicked the ball once from. So you'd actually wonder how much they're actually trying. They're, they say like you often hear players getting the big contract, and it, it seems like a lot of those fellas who are on big money, they just don't care. They've got the contract. They don't care how they perform, how the team performs. And I think there's a lot of players at United like that. You see even, I know Phil Jones doesn't play and they tried to ship him off to Bordeaux there uh, not so long ago. And he just wouldn't go because of the contract he was on. He's getting 120, 130,000 a week. So he's happy to sit there. And I think there's a lot of other guys there like that as well. Um, as The manager will probably ship a lot of them out over the next year or so. But they're just willing to sit there and take the money and if they play, they play. If they don't, they don't. Um, because they're not going to get that contract elsewhere. And I think even looking at Casemiro, if they do sign him and there's talks that he wants him to play on Monday, 
Um, if he's getting 400,000 a week, you'd have to question his ambition as well, going in there to an absolute shit show and, you know, getting that kind of money. And I'd, I'd question how how well he's going to play as well. Like, even if, if he's going to try and they're going to pin all their hopes but on him. Would you not have to have him registered by 12 o'clock tomorrow? to play on Monday because isn't it before the start yeah. of the game week that you have to have yeah, yeah. Uh, now yeah. I could be wrong it could be 12 o'clock Sunday but I thought it would have been I thought it was noon on the day before the first game of the weekend if you get me of the game week but it could be I could be wrong but look Casemiro wasn't mentioned for Manchester United all summer right Um, they're following Frankie the young round like a fucking dog with two mickeys right they're, they're like you know what I mean your man Anthony just go to Ajax and say, what's the price? Because that's what they're doing anyway. It's gone from 40 to 50 to 60 to 80. Where's it going to stop? Ajax will sell them. They will fucking sell them. But they're going to get as much as they possibly can. They'd have been quicker going in there and going, what is the price? And they go, 100 million euros. And they go, well, we either take or leave it now because that's the price. They just take forever to keep going and going and going. Um, it doesn't look like there's a plan there. And I'm starting to wonder... I mean, I'm starting to wonder a little bit, very early doors, how much control Ten Hag has over the assignments. Because, and and I'm not even saying it because of the link with Casemiro, all all of a sudden, and the Anthony thing's gone on, and Frankie the Young thing has gone on. It's the Ronaldo thing. Like he, from what you've heard of Ten Hag, Ten Hag has come out and he's basically said, look, f- this fucking Ronaldo stuff's a lot of bollocks. But still Ronaldo was there. And I hear today he's been offered to produce a Dortmund, they've no interest in him. You know, is he allowed? Is he being stopped from being strong in these situations? I don't. I, this could be all just you know we're thinking this because it's the easiest thing to think. But just it just seems a little bit weird there at the minute. Now maybe just he needs time and the amount of bodies he needs to get out. He has to be a little bit careful at the start so there's not a, you know an absolute domino effect where they all want out in the next two weeks. And they're saying, look, I'm not fucking playing, and he's no squad left. He kind of has to balance that as well. But I just looking well, at him. In, in his in his presser before Brentford, he, he I wouldn't say he was spiky, uh, Ten Hag, but every every other question was 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 angled towards Ronaldo, and I think he was just basically, by the looks of him in that interview, was just, just move on, give me another question. I'm not bothered. He's 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 here or he's not here. That that's just let's just move it along. I've already answered yeah. that question or I've already answered that question every single time he was just like oh, I can't be doing with a circus you could see in his body language he's just not bothered yeah. Just he just wants it gone already yeah. you guys think uh, a bit on the, uh, along with that though uh, also kind of clouding all this is the fact that you know United at, at this point in time are a club that reek of desperation so if you're on the other side of a deal with United Especially if you're talking about if you're trying to buy somebody, if you're, if you're, if you're looking to buy one of their players, you you are in the driver's seat. You can sit there and wait for a cut price deal because these guys have got to move bodies if they're going to if they're really going to fix this squad. I, I want a cut rate deal. Yeah, I I I think that the showing from last season and the players that are still there, there's a lot of them that needs to go, but you can't do it on the one go. You know, and I think he's been hamstrung a little bit by trying to balance the players that he wants to use, the players that he has to use, he's being forced to use, and the players that he's brought in. I think it's a hard balance in act from at the moment. 
And I think you're right. I think there is a bit of desperation. It looks like desperation because every other club and every other manager now and every other sporting director around the world now that half of these pricks playing for Manchester United shouldn't be anywhere near it. But if you want their player to come in and replace you, one of those, we're going to absolutely screw you for it. Yeah? Or we're just going to say no. Or the players are going to say, no, I'm not going there because we've seen it. You know, we've seen players turning down and saying, like, Frankie De Jong doesn't want to go there. You know, the sort of way. So you're actually seeing that happen as well. So I think it's a, it's a hard balancing act for them. Um, but their answer is always the same. Give 60 million for Casemiro. Casemiro's been ran into the fucking ground at Real Madrid for, is, would it be t- 10 years? Is that Real Madrid? Best part of a decade, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, when you look at that, like, Arnautovic, what the fuck was going on? Did that have to be a wind-up, <laughs> right? Um, you know, and... But you look at it and you say, like the Anthony one is just the second coming of Frankie de Jong signing where it's just going on and on and on. And this is because the perceived situation they're in. And everyone knows the situation. Because look, we can talk about it, you know, um, Mark Goldbridge can talk about it or any of the United fanzine or whatever or podcast can talk about it. Any of the Liverpool one, any of the Premier League one can talk about it. But at the end of the day, all these agents and all these players know every ins and out of every club. They can find it in all the information in five minutes. And it's all a big chess game. And that's why they end up paying masses of money. That's the that's the swing, the, the piece that swings it. And most of the time, it, it's, it gets them to the club, but it doesn't actually get them as the player that you want them to be at the club. Like when you sign your man um, off Arsenal, right? And you have him playing piano on the fucking Old Trafford pitch. Like, would you fucking stop it? It was like, I thought fucking Beyonce was at the release of the album when I seen the fucking start of it. But that's the situation they're in. Long may it continue, as far as I'm concerned. But listen, the leader of the Labour Party, uh, Gary Neville, will sort it all out at some stage. Um, have to move on. IP Vanish is a sponsor of this show, so I must read it out. Um, and I have to write down what time I'm reading it out so I don't forget. IP Vanish is a VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP vanishes makes it virtually invisible, uh, makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even your fire stick if you're streaming media, which a lot of people do. Where, um, whether you're at home or in public, uh, don't go online anymore without IP vanish. They're offering 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting no Nine months free. Four point six out of five rated on Trustpilot. www.ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers, and you can pick up that offer. Um, predictions for the match. You know the rules. You have to give a score prediction, and you must give Liverpool scores if you think they're going to score goals. Uh, Dan, Manchester United v Liverpool predictions, please. Zero two, Salah and Diaz. Nice. On. Um, same scoreline, two 0 and I'll go with Salah to get two. Salah score a penalty as well. Okay, nice. Always oh, open the open the ante. I like it. Ron, zero uh, two to the Reds. Uh, Van Dyke and Salah. Um, did you say two 0 Yeah, we gone all gone two 0 Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Ashley says, remember when Gav said he would pull whoever was talking at 11? Who was talking? It wasn't me. It was 10.59. So I think it might have been Dan. It might have been Dan. Uh, Kieran has two or three nil. Um, if we are still, if we were still chasing De Jong, can you imagine the stick we would be getting? It doesn't matter who it is chasing him. It's going on about 14 weeks. 
Um, and it's just going on and on and on, and nothing's happening. Um, it's Casa- the fact it's in public as well, which is, uh, which <coughs> is Casemiro, the worst thing. Casemiro went to Madrid in 2012 on loan, says Laura Duffy. So there you go. So he is there um, a decade. 3 1 to Liverpool, says Maverick. Um, not giving goal scorers, so I shouldn't have really read that out. Um, so there you go. Um, 3 1 Liverpool for me. Um, Elliot, the score, because I think he starts. Firmino to score because I think he starts and I'm tempted to say Salah because why not yeah go on I'll take Salah Thank it. and 3-1 to Liverpool um, are we uh, are we going to go 1-0 down again no I think we'd be I think we might be training it up before they get one home get one um, <laughs> I'd hate to see us go 1-0 down because all the ingredients are there if we go 1-0 down for you know Old Trafford to be bouncing and, and we have an off night and it's like they're the fucking saviors of world football again and I'm like they're not they're assholes so um, no I'd like to see us come out and I'd like to see us score early um, not even early just score first because I, I agree with all of you I think you've all mentioned that if we score first they could crumble and I'd love to see us score first and see what happens uh, Panov says 3-0 all day Brace for Salah Diaz won Mark Moy Wards Jesus very threatening from Panov there 7-0 says Kevin Ball clearly on the cans Salah gets four <laughs> goals for Bobby Diaz and VVD Salah Hattrick for uh, Salah Hattrick VVD as well so four he's gone for in Archie uh, let me see let me see 3-1 says Bonkers Salah Trent and Diaz um, a lot of people are very 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 confident on Monday night but as I said we have to go out and do our job and if we do our job we'd be absolutely fine um, before we go Bobby's wish to walk is on your screen there um, Bobby Smith is age 7 he is looking to get the same treatment that Sienna got and we helped Sienna with last year Sienna at the moment is absolutely flying she was on holiday recently swimming pools jumping around the place climbing all sorts of stuff Um even small things that we, we noticed when she put out videos like catching and throwing and stuff like that that she couldn't do properly because of um, the spasticity she had um, before she got her treatment. She's now doing that. She's flying. And Bobby needs the same treatment. It's going to cost €150,000 to send Bobby to St. Louis in America to have this treatment and then come back and have extensive physio when he comes back um, to Dublin. Currently, it sits at 133000 um, which is amazing, 17,000, under 17,000 to go. Um, I, I think it was 133. I'll double check it now. I'm nearly sure it was though. Um, so it's absolutely flying. The, the support he's getting from this podcast, from our listeners, from our contributors, from our hosts, lads that help us out, um, to football clubs in Ireland, League of Ireland clubs I've seen. Um, right across the board has been unbelievable and it's kept his name out there it's kept people giving sharing um, telling friends telling family having you know fundraising things here and there it's been absolutely incredible to see and you know I always say it a bit tongue in cheek I want to get this done as quick as I can to get out of the way and it's not to get out of the way for my doing because we move on to the next one and it means that we've helped somebody they're going to get their treatment they're going to have as much of a normal life as they possibly can and we move on to the next person or you know institution that we can help or whatever it might be so we do like to get these out of the way quick because it means a the child is sorted 
quick and it means that we get on to our next one and we can help somebody else so if you can the link is in the description you can donate there um if you can't donate you copy the link you send it on to friends family colleagues wherever it might be they might donate but if the, if you're passing on just say to people donate if you can but if not please pass it on because we all have whatsapp groups and facebook messenger groups and all where there's loads of people in them and if you can just send the message in there and say donate or just share and you just keep sharing 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 and um, we will get uh bobby to that 150,000 asap um that's the biggest thing for the channel. I've said it so many times before. Viewers, likes, subscriptions. We've cut off all ways for you to give us money. Um, so that's that tells you that we don't need your money. We don't want it. We want you to give it to Bobby instead. So we can get that 150000 Bobby will be off the St. Louis. He gets sorted. He gets on the same track that Sienna's on, which is an incredible... Um, you know, trajectory she's on for life now. It's unbelievable compared to say 12, 15 months ago. And that'll just make our day. It'll make our week, our month, our year, our season. Um, if that can be done. So, um, please help out if you can. Um, if you're listening on audio, which it might be after this, because when I edit and put it out there, it will be there for you. If you're listening on Apple or Google or whatever app you might use, hit the, hit the review button. Give us a review, five stars, leave a comment, whatever you want, feedback. Do that on your app, on your phone or wherever you listen to. And it really helps us get more people to listen to us and interact. Um, I do this all the time, so here we go. Dan, anything else before we go? No, nothing from me, Gav. Thanks for having me on. Um, no problem at all. Stay safe, everybody. And happy birthday again. Um, Thank you. Gareth has 3-0, Diaz, Virgil and Trent. I just thought I'd throw it in. Um, Ron, anything else before we go? No, thanks for having me again. I'm looking forward to Monday uh, and seeing the shows over, seeing that the uh, post game review. So let's go. Good stuff, and enjoy your golf at the weekend. Thank you, sir. Send me a link to the golf club we're playing. With you. I love looking at golf clubs that people play. You know the courses and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Send me the link. Yeah. Um, just message me and I'll have a look. At it. Uh, Alan, first time on, won't be the last. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Anything else before you go? Yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me, Gav. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, looking forward to Monday, I guess, and then looking forward to getting back to Saturday and Sunday football because I'm kind of getting sick of Monday Yeah, me too. Football. Yeah. Monday's a pain in the arse, isn't it? Yeah. You don't want like, the odd one, but like, this is ridiculous now, you know? Um, this is like they've put us into Europe, Europa Conference football and just thrown in on a Monday for the crack. It's just mental. Um, but now, look, Monday and then we're back. When Our next one will be... What's our game after United? I don't have that much stuff going on. I can't remember the fixtures. I haven't looked that far ahead. I haven't looked that far ahead either, no. No, no, I, I do. I, I'm brutal. I'm terrible. Like I literally I literally do all the stuff on United on Monday and then I look on Tuesday and go, right, who's on the weekend? Um, that's how that's how it works. But anyway, um, we're going ahead. We are going to um, have the Premier League uh, forecast tomorrow. Um that's, that's heating up already. I'm really enjoying that because the fancy football, we're going to have the list of the top 10 players in their league. We're going to bring you the top 10 players in, in fancy football, i.e. the Haaland's or Salas or whatever it might be. Talk to them. The lads are going to talk to four of the fixtures over the weekend as well. A couple of guests on there. That'll be 10 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, should be really good. Uh, Sunday will be the Fatback 4 where we'll do a full-on preview of United v Liverpool. Monday will be um, full-time Reds um, after United v Liverpool. And we're trying to push winners and losers into Tuesday then. So we'll have a Tuesday show for you as well. Um, that has been uh, the viewer's voice. Thanks a million to Dan, to Owen, to Ron and everyone in the chat for your comments and your feedback. 
Have a good one. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.